0: Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law.
1: Good day. I'm Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California bar admitted attorney, and this is Selwyn's Law. I'm so pleased to be able to come to you today from KVAX and discuss issues of concern to family and small business owners. Now, just a bit about my background. I have a JD as well as a Master's of Law in Taxation and a Master's of Law in Intellectual Property. I guess you could say I'm a bit of a nerd. That's okay. In addition, I'm a California Bar bankruptcy certified law specialist. So that means I went back and took some additional courses and took another bar exam after I practiced bankruptcy for five years. So I've been certified by the... State Bar of California with their seal of approval, meaning that I know a little bit about this area of practice. So my practice focuses on bankruptcy and tax law. And my goal is to help my clients manage their wealth through effective estate and tax planning and manage their debt through debt reconstruction or bankruptcy. I also help clients who are facing foreclosure or who are dealing with the emotionally and financially taxing issues, sometimes when they find themselves staring down the California Franchise Tax Board, the Internal Revenue Service, or the U.S. Tax Court. So prior to going into private practice, I also have some experience uh, in the insurance industry, and uh, I I led a small group of lawyers and paraprofessionals at Fireman's Fund Insurance Company, and I was in their claims department responsible for auditing the claims and the case handling practices and performances of our outside defense counsel that we would hire to represent our insurance. And prior to that, I was a consumer advocate for nearly 20 years. So I've been involved with helping small business people and individuals deal with their financial issues for quite a while now. So please note that this show does not provide any legal advice because that requires that we have a face-to-face meeting with each other and understand what's going on, but it strives to help educate our community. So today's topic is Bankruptcy 101, and I thought this would be a good grounding for all of us. I'm going to try to answer two questions First off, what is bankruptcy? And second, and more importantly, why bankruptcy is important and necessary to our overall economy. First off, what is bankruptcy? Every single day, individuals and business entities in our communities and across this great country and all around the world make promises to others that the party making the promise sometimes cannot or will not keep such as breaching a contract to pay back a loan for the money we might have borrowed to buy our house or to buy a car or to buy a business asset. When the promisor breaches her contract, that breach will likely cause the other party, the the person that we were promising to perform a service for, will cause them a financial loss. And unless the other party is our grandma, and the promise we made was to love grandma forever and sealed it with a kiss, the promise party will likely undertake collection actions or legal actions to recover the promise payments or the collateral, such as the house or the car. Or they might want both the payments and the collateral, depending on the kind of contract that was signed. And they also will want their expenses, the collection expenses, and if they had to hire a lawyer, they want you to pay for the lawyer too. So what we're talking about here is the recovery of money owed by a debtor to her creditor. So let's put the names on people. Money that is owed is referred to as the debt. The person or organization that owes the money is called the debtor. The person or organization to whom the money is owed is called the creditor. Anything of value that is owned by the person or an organization that's the debtor that can be used to pay the debt or fulfill their financial obligation is called an asset. Examples of assets are your money in your pocketbook, real estate, your car, your stocks, your bonds, and so on. If a debtor owes more money than the value of all her assets put together, then she is considered to be insolvent. For example, let's say that Selwyn owes a total of $55,000 to all her creditors. She owes $10,000 to Richard, $5,000 to Sally, $25,000 to to the Internal Revenue Service for taxes, and $15,000 to a credit card company. In this case, Selwyn is the debtor, with a total debt of $55,000, and creditors Richard, Sally, and the Federal Government and the credit card company, they're her creditors. If Selwyn's assets, all told together, value less than $55,000, Selwyn is considered to be insolvent. This is another way of saying that everything that Selwyn owes put together would not be enough to pay back everyone she owes. And being insolvent is one of the criteria that's required if one wants to file for bankruptcy. Sometimes, and I'll talk about sometimes later. Unfortunately, as often happens, people like Selwyn and companies and governments find themselves in a position where they're unable to pay their debts, also known as being in financial distress. And the debts are large enough to create a great deal of continuing economic hardship. This is sometimes called in the trade being in financial distress. And sometimes financial distress and the hardship it, that's derived therefrom is the fault of the debtor. It's Selwyn's fault because she made improvident financial decisions. And then sometimes it isn't Selwyn's fault. It might be an unanticipated medical expense that's not covered by insurance. Or it could be that someone got divorced and now her, her family income is cut in half and she can't afford to p- keep food on the table for her children. Or it could be the result of the misplaced trust in a business associate who might have committed embezzlement or the result of the invidiv- vindictiveness of a person with control over Selwyn's means to make a living. Regardless of what caused the distress, in such cases, the law provides a remedy that's spelled out in our Constitution. It's Article I, Section 8 of the United States Constitution, and that section says that the federal government will develop uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcy as currently manifest by the United States Bankruptcy Code and the Federal Rules of Bankruptcy Procedure, along with the appropriate federal and state codes, statutes, and case law. So, Bankruptcy is a legal procedure that can be used by individuals, companies, and the government that find themselves insolvent. That is when they owe more money than they're able to repay without undergoing a deep financial hardship. Bankruptcy allows a debtor to be released from all or part of her debts. However, bankruptcies can also be used by individuals, companies, and governments who may be, in, be solvent on paper. So what do I mean? Being solvent on paper may be that it looks like on their balance sheet that they're not insolvent, but it might be a liquidity problem that causes them not to be able to pay their debts when they come due. That liquidity might mean that all of their assets are tied up in to some kind of asset that's hard to liquidate and pull out the cash to make the payment. So in those cases, someone would file for bankruptcy to get time to liquidate assets and gain the liquidity that's needed to pay the debt. So when a person or an organization initiates a bankruptcy procedure, that is to say they file a petition with their local bankruptcy court asking the court to place that debtor under the protection of the court where in the case of Chapter 7 – the debtor can either access an orderly liquidation of her non-exempt assets while keeping her exempt assets uh, to underwrite what's known as the fresh start, or in a Chapter 11, 12, or 13, place the debtor under the protection of the court and give her time to come up with a plan of reorganization wherein she can maintain control over her other assets while pay- paying the court What the court agrees is a reasonable amount to pay back for creditors while maintaining a reasonable livelihood and lifestyle. The importance of bankruptcy is that it provides a way out of an otherwise hopeless situation. As such, bankruptcy is essential To an economic capitalistic system because it frees up individuals to take the risk of going into business, uh, trying to make a living, adding to the economy, and it also gives individuals the opportunity to risk building a family and creating family wealth and having a job and buying a home and buying a car because these things add to our economic growth as well knowing in the background if worse comes to worse and we get taken advantage of or we become ill or our marriage falls apart and we don't have enough money to take care of our children we can go to bankruptcy court to get relief so with that we're going to take a short break and um I'm going to give you my contact information in case this caused you to think about something. And um, on an ongoing basis, if you want to talk about the subject I've talked about today or broach a new subject or ask me a question, you can reach me at 510-633-1276 Or you can email me. My email address is selwynwhitehead at yahoo.com. Or better yet, you can go on my website, selwynwhitehead.com, and there's a way for you to check me out and get in touch with me there. So we'll be right back.
0: Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead.
1: And welcome back. We're going to continue our discussion on bankruptcy. And now we're just going to focus a little bit more on why bankruptcy is so important. You know, many people feel that bankruptcy is the worst thing that one could ever do. Actually, around money, the worst thing that one can ever do is to do nothing. And that's just slowly have all of your creditors sue you get judgments against you, take over your bank accounts, invade your bank accounts. They'll give an order. Uh, The court gives a judgment to your creditor, and the creditor takes that judgment to your bank, and the bank will turn over the money in your account. Or if there's no money there, they'll take that judgment to your employer and garnish your wages. Or if you have a certain kind of job working for the government where you have a security clearance, that judgment can harm your ability to make a living. Many people think, well, if I have a security clearance, I really can't file for bankruptcy. No, you will be showing your employer that you recognize there is a problem and you're dealing with it. You're not hiding from it. I have helped clients who needed to maintain their security clearance, and we filed bankruptcy so they couldn't be blackmailed. It's just that simple. There's an excellent article that I found written by Haley Hahn. Um, Haley runs uh, an organization called Haley Hahn Center for Money and Economics, and he wrote an article recently entitled, Why is Bankruptcy? and why are bankruptcy important to our economics. He says, when a debt is eliminated as part of the bankruptcy process, a debt is discharged. Once a debt has been discharged, the debtor is relieved of the obligation to pay the creditor, and the creditors are prohibited by law from taking any further action to recover on the debt. In this way, the individual can continue to live her life free from the burden of oppressive debt. One of the 10 of the heirs uh, referred to is a fresh start. That's a reason why you want to get a fresh start, to get out from under the oppressive debt. Similarly, a company can stay in business by filing for bankruptcy. There's a prominent retailer that's going through bankruptcy right now. All kinds of airlines have filed for bankruptcy in order to discharge debt and stay in business. A major automobile company went through bankruptcy and is doing very well right now because it went through the process of figuring out how much debt it could afford to carry and how much debt it needed to get rid of under the supervision of a bankruptcy judge. Everything's on the table. And because that major automobile company went through bankruptcy, it's able to employ people and contribute to the economy. So that's what's meant by a company can stay in business while reorganizing itself around a more favorable debt structure. You actually negotiate with your creditors under the supervision of a bankruptcy judge knowing full well that the bankruptcy judge might uh, see things that in the creditor's favor or see things in the debtor's favor, depending on how above board the debtor is in disclosing all of his assets and all of his debts, be an individual or a corporation. And you have to come to the bankruptcy court with clean hands, meaning you have to fully disclose everything. Some people think that they can come into bankruptcy court hiding assets, transferring assets before they file. I got to tell you, there's a way to find out about assets. If so I tell my clients, my business clients, and my my individual clients, if you have an asset on the moon, if you have an asset under the ocean, if you have an asset on Mars, if you transferred an asset to your children Before you even thought about filing for bankruptcy, you need to disclose all that because there might be instances where the bankruptcy court will make your child turn that money back over, especially in a case where you know that you made this transfer and you file for bankruptcy to try to hinder or delay your creditors. So. The chance to discharge debt legally is a unique and crucial part of our economic system. To understand why, we need to consider the alternative. That is, let us consider what happens to debtors who are unable to pay for their debt before bankruptcy in its current form was fully implemented in the United States. Before bankruptcy, debtors who could not meet their obligations, were subjected to severe penalties. For example, in the ancient Greek city-states and in the early Roman Empire, people who could not pay their debts would be forced to become slaves of their creditors. This was called debt bondage. And a thousand years later, the treatment of debtors was still harsh. For example, in England, The first insolvency laws was passed by King Henry VIII, you know, the guy that couldn't keep a wife even if he tried and he didn't try very hard. The first bankruptcy law was passed in 1542. These laws treated insolvent debtors as criminals, and the penalties were imprisonment and sometimes even death. In even more modern times, well into the 1800s, people who were unable to pay their debts could still be in prison they were sent to debtors' prisons where they would be confined, often in a brutal and inhumane manner. For example, in 19th century England, a debtor could be accused by any of his creditors. And once that happened, the debtor would be given a few days, a few weeks to raise the money to pay off the debt. And if it wasn't forthcoming, the debtor would be in prison until the debt was paid. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if a person is behind bars, how can they make money to pay the debt? Well, sometimes these were not the aristocracy, maybe a few levels down below them, but the idea was to try to blackmail their friends and relatives into paying off the debt. But sometimes the friends and relatives did not have the money and the debtor would stay in prison. You know, in the United States, federal imprisonment for unpaid debt, was around at our founding, and it wasn't abolished until 1833. And uh, in England, imprisonment for debt wasn't um, abolished until after our Civil War in 1869. So by the 1860s, the attitude towards indebtedness was beginning to change generally. For a long time, it had been recognized for two important reasons. They needed a better system to deal with debtors. First, imprisoning debtors, as I said, or forcing them into involuntary uh, servitude is an extremely severe punishment for not being able to pay your bills. For centuries, such punishments were considered appropriate because defaulting on one debt was seen as a moral failing. In modern times, however, it began to be recognized that It is common for people to acquire overwhelming debt because of circumstances beyond their control. In such cases, it was more appropriate, society believed, to show some compassion towards debtors. An even more important reason for avoiding involuntary servitude or imprisonment for debt is based on a practical observation. People who cannot work freely are underproductive or they're not even productive at all. When such debtors are liberated from the burdensome demands of their debt, many of them will once again become useful and productive to society. And the same goes for businesses. You want to shut a business down. You want to lock its doors. You're going to keep its employees out. You're not going to have an opportunity for them to have jobs and to be able to sustain themselves and their families. So this is why in the long run it's more practical to allow people who are overwhelmed with debt to discharge their obligations, get back to work, and that's not going to um, punish them. That's not the idea. The idea is to reclaim them. To be sure, there will always be those who are dishonest and want to take advantage of the system. However, in the aggregate, allowing overwhelmed debtors to file for bankruptcy and to recognize that it is beneficial to our company, our country, and to the con- company, if that's companies involved, to allow these people to get on with their lives. You know, another time I'm going to share with you the players um, who are involved in bankruptcy. They're the debtor, the creditor. The debtors have attorneys, the creditors have attorneys, the bankruptcy court, who's a judge and the judge's staff. Then there's the Office of the U.S. Trustee, that's an entity of the Department of Justice. There's a Chapter 7 trustee, if it's a Chapter 7 case. There's a Chapter 13 trustee, if it's a Chapter 13 case. If it's a Chapter 11, it's the debtor who acts as a trustee, and it could be an examiner. So all of these roles are vital and, and crucial to the success of the bankruptcy process. In the intervening weeks, I'm going to share more of this information with you. For now, take care.